fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So today... One of the big, the lion's share of today's show is going to be about government disinformation and the malfeasance and the uh, malinformation, disinformation, misinformation, and how the government is working with the universities and how the universities are selling out to foreign uh, ideologue or ide- ideologies for money. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that. It's, it's quite interesting because it's for front and uh, center right now with respect to the, uh, to what's going on with that Jim Jordan weaponization of government uh, and the Stanford connection with our government, our department of defense, our FBI, and we're going to you know reveal some interesting little things and before we do that we're going to go through a little potpourri of uh things that happened overnight that we're going to talk about and uh like for example I'm looking at this map you know everybody's talking about Hamas I got a really great clip related to Hamas but if you take a look at uh um, Hamas, you know, all the Arab countries like Morocco and Algeria, Libya, Egypt, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Yemen, Somalia, Jordan, Iraq, Syria. These are all Arab, Arab countries. There's more. I didn't name them all. And, you know, United Arab Emirates, uh, Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar. And I can go on. I didn't name them all even still. And then there's this, that's all like colored, one color, right? And then Israel is this little, little dot in the sea of Arab countries. 
and all of a sudden, you know, they want to um, talk about from the river to the sea or, you know, basically, you know, Obama was talking about ISIL in, in Levant versus ISIS in Sham. All these code language for Israel should be wiped off the face of the earth, which is insane and ridiculous. You got even uh, Germany that's being so in uh, flooded with Muslims and Arabs and and uh, uh, terrorists and Hamas and um, well, shouldn't say terrorists and Hamas; they're one and the same. To the point where there's a school called the Anne Frank School. It's a middle school or develop, you know, it's a, edu- a elementary school. And they have to now change the name because it's insensitive to certain Muslims. You know, these Muslims that will clob you over the head if you're wearing a Make America Great Again hat? You know, these Muslims that actually push homosexuals off the tops of buildings? You know, those people that burn people alive in cages? Or if you're Jihadi John, you cut off the heads of journalists? Yet here we are with Associated Press and Reuters and and all kinds of news agencies burying their headquarters in the Middle East in safe havens in the basements of Hamas headquarters in hospitals that they use to protect themselves and shield themselves from attack. I mean, the kind of underhanded warfare that goes on there is just unspeakable. But they have, you know, Neanderthal uh, mentality with so many things. Yeah, peace, love. A lot of people have were born with peace and love in their hearts. And there are peaceful Muslims, I'm sure. But there are way too many violent terrorist Muslims that don't afford women or even homosexuals any kind of standard of, of liberties, civil liberties. So the map is, you know, ridiculous. For them to say we need also Israel's land is does it just doesn't ring sincere. They have land. They can make it holy. It just you know, this whole conflict I think started not so much between the religious factions. I think they know how to get along. I think that for example, Saudi Arabia and Israel were just about to normalize relations. And I think that was one of the instigators to the conflict. Oh, we can't have that. We can't have Riyadh and Tel Aviv or Jerusalem flying vacation flights back and forth and doing commerce. We can't have Israel and Saudi Arabia partnering economically. Which is sort of like where the what the what the end goal of the Abraham Accord was all about. We can't have peace like that. That will give too much strength to the commitment of integration and and uh, harmony. You know, and that's that's again that was the the rule of thumb or the underlying principle that Trump had in mind when he when, when he encouraged 
diplomats to think about the idea of Russia coming back to the G7, making the G8, bringing your enemies closer so that you could work out a business relationship that would be so great that it would be too expensive to cut that out. You may not like your boss, but if he's paying you $500,000 a year, you're, you're going to like him a little bit better than if he's only paying you $80,000 a year. So, you know, everything comes at a price. And, and loyalty is one of those things. So, you know, bringing Russia into the fold and not pushing them into the arms of BRICS or into the arms of China would be so much smarter. And that's what Trump had in mind. But no, you know, the, the, uh, the academics at the State Department couldn't see it that way. Victoria Newland couldn't see it that way. Jeffrey Pyatt couldn't see it that way. They wanted to go rogue. They wanted to put their finger on the pulse. They wanted to control everything. Like the Gestapo socialist commies that they are. They just want to control everything. They think they're the smartest people in the room because they went to Georgetown or George Washington University or some Harvard, you know. But that doesn't make you smart. Academics alone does not make you smart. Common sense makes you smart. Experience makes you smart. Like I said, I would rather have a horse trader and a cattle rancher from Wyoming negotiating trade deals on a world-level stage than to have someone like John Kerry do it, who's never run a business in his life, who he and Jane Fonda turned their backs on America in the wake of the Vietnam War, or during the Vietnam War. Even though he served, he was turned his back on America. John Kerry's been a radical liberal his whole life, and now he's pushing this green agenda that is a total scam, that is ruining the world. By the time they, if they were ever to win, by the time they do it, there's going to be nothing left. They will have squandered everything. So we have to beat these monsters because their sheer stupidity, you know, they're evil, They're evil just like any powerful evil person or country is evil and they're a threat. There's been lots of threats in the world and it takes a lot to to win and beat them. Whether it's Japan and Pearl Harbor, whether it's German Nazis and uh, Europe, somehow we have to look at these new conflicts with the same lens that these are, these are mammoth in, in scope and size. When they control every word you say and your media and everything you hear and do, your mobility or your ability to spend money, the food you eat, the energy you consume, when they control the kind of car you buy, your transportation, your whereabouts. You have no freedoms left. Where did they go overnight? You know, the Patriot Act was one thing, and that was supposed to be limited in scope and time. 
And none of that happened. Obama exploited the hell out of the Patriot Act. Obama is an anti-American, radical Muslim, hating fool. He's one of those evil characters that just is relentless that you see in a movie like Die Hard. It's like, that can't be true. But sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. All right, so some other good news before we get started with the disinformation, misinformation kind of thing. So so happy, that I said so happy that Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Senator Romney from Utah will be replaced by strong Republicans in the Senate. Whoever rides Trump's coattails in 2024 will win their seats. So no matter how you slice it, you're going to get two senators, two new senators, because Manchin said he's not running for 2024, and he was 50-50 whether he would win that seat. I think he was behind in the polls, though. But he's been behind the polls in West Virginia before, and somehow through election rigging or what have you, he won. But he's never been as independent as we would have liked him to be. Uh, He was a conservative Democrat. He was conservative as far as Democrats go. But that was only to placate to his liberal base within the West, West Virginia Politico. In any case, that's good news. I say take GOP Chairman uh, Ronald McDaniel with you. Everybody's calling for her to be gone. One thing I forgot to bring up, I know the debate was a few days ago, but I uh, one thing I forgot, I played a bunch of clips from Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he and Nikki Haley went at it. But I missed this one. Well, two things I missed. I missed... Because I didn't watch it, but I want you know, I picked up the scraps off the internet. But you know the um, the interesting thing was that there was a time when they were chanting Trump, 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 and they were told to pipe it down and don't do that again. You'll get in trouble. NBC. Everybody knows Trump won that night. Trump Trump's going to win the nomination. They're trying to come out with these fake polls that say DeSantis is closing the cap. He's not even close. So this was an interesting one. You got to listen to this one because NBC was hosting this debate, right? And Vivek, man, he laid into it. I thought this was totally sweet. And I want you to, I wanted to share it with you. So here it is. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here. Do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't. Okay, so first he brings up Fox News's, you know, best talent, right? Did they have right now? It would have been Tucker, but Tucker's gone. And so the first thing he does is he punches them in the nose with better talent, right? And basically he's saying the Democrats would never go to a conservative host for a debate, but the Republicans, they'll go to NBC and, you know, we're going to call you out. You talk about integrity. You talk about... So let's take a listen again. It's quite good. Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here. Do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. 
And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Chris, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Bingo. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Rogers. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. <laughs> let me turn to <laughs> Governor, Governor Christie. We, we cannot let him go rogue like that. Man. So that was pretty sweet. And uh, what's interesting is uh, I've read this, this report here. Um, according to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., very few people are aware of the fact that Cooper, Anderson Cooper, gets the majority of his CNN pay check from Pfizer. 80% of Cooper's $12 million annual salary, roughly $10 million, comes directly from Pfizer, according to RF Robert Kennedy Jr. And Now, it could be like in ad dollars. So, oh, we're just advertising for CNN. But then they're carrying the water for Pfizer. So they're really a pay-to-play outfit. And this is what's going on with the corporate media, the legacy media. All right, so I got a couple more. Now, the Moss thing is interesting because I was surprised to see this, but apparently BlackRock, um, Hamas supporters occupy BlackRock building. It's finally happening. The ESG monster that they created has come to eat its creator. But what's interesting about that is when you think about it, um, let's see, it says pro-Palestinian activists are occupying the lobby of BlackRock headquarters in New York City, a major investor in Israel in Israeli apartheid. The uh, protesters have unfurled a banner with the names of over 4,000 Palestinian children murdered by Israel in the last month. Okay, so now they're, they're basically going after BlackRock. Let's t- take a quick listen to this little protest. So BlackRock, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. You know, this is an interesting conflict when you get, you get basically, uh, you know, like uh, there was this um, report that I saw and uh, on YouTube. And it was basically showing, you know, that you walk outside of Rashid Tlaib's door in her congressional office. And she's got a, two flags outside of her door. She's got the Palestinian flag. And then she has the rainbow flag for the gays, right? And so it's like, didn't she get the memo that Hamas does, has zero tolerance for homosexuality? Didn't she get the memo? I just don't know, man. I think it's hugely comical. So there's this man that was walking around the universities and asked these students, if they support Hamas and their efforts to free Palestine. And of course, at first, everybody said, 
Yes, mega yes. Yes, wholeheartedly yes. I am all in on that. To support Hamas to free Palestine. So then the guy says, well, I can't let you sign until I read you these conditions. (laughs) It was so funny. You got to listen. Take it. Take it right here. Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? Mm-hmm. Alright. Oh yeah, you're in? Easily. I just have to read terms and conditions. Easily. So okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas Spring Palestine. Alright, so, so to, to cue this up again, um, because I want to make sure you caught the beginning of that. Um, he's going around and he's basically saying, would you sign this petition for Hamas to free Palestine? Oh yeah, easily. I'm all in. I'm all in. Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, you're in? Easily. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas Spring Palestine, you agree to the following? You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered? I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death? What? Oh, no, no, I don't. You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? No. I'm glad I read the uh, terms and agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry. Not interested? Okay. You want a terrorist group that beheads babies and rapes girls to replace only democracy in the Middle East? Not sure that's something to support. So if I sign, I agree with this. Yes. Baby, no. No? Okay. Oh, no. Thank you. No. I don't support any of these two things that you just read to me, so okay. then I won't be able to sign this then. That's fair. Yeah, thanks for not signing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Facts for Peace was the group that put that out. And, uh, oh, man, I love it. I love those hit jobs uh, because it they these people do things and say things that they just don't don't mean all right well we had a couple of other entertaining clips before we get to the meat and potatoes of our show today um gotta love senator kennedy in case you missed this one senator john kennedy asks mayorkas two things going on here either you're not qualified to manage a costco food court or you are open, you're for open borders. <laughs> so let's take a listen to this. Come into our country illegally. Senator, you and I have spoken about this before. As you know, we screen and vet individuals. Have you, invented, we, have you vetted all of them? Senator, 8. as you know, million. we screen and vet individuals whom we encounter. You haven't vetted all our, of them, have you? Senator, as I said, we screen and vet individuals whom we encounter. Okay. Here's what I think, Mr. Secretary. I think you're a smart guy. Now, there are only tw- one or two things going on here. Either you're not qualified to manage a Costco food court, or you believe in open borders. Senator and I Ken- think it's the Senator latter. Senator Kennedy, your time has expired. <laughs> Boom. All right, we got another one. Uh, now, this the, the thing about Biden's, uh, the Biden subpoenas and all that, we talked about that yesterday. But the Biden, Biden paid $900,000. Biden was paid $900,000 by UPenn after Penn Biden Center got 500000 from group with China ties. Universities sold out to Hamas in China to the tune of millions while conservative students were terrorized, censored, and silenced. Let's take a listen to this expose. Uh, first of all, to my colleague. This is Congressman, Congresswoman Miller. 
Uh, let's take a listen. On the left, he said he understood the intent of this legislation. Well, this, you are actually misunderstanding or misrepresenting the intent. This is not about students. This is about money coming from uh, nations that are a national security threat to us. Okay, so just to clarify, she, she's, ta- she's defending, pushing, they're advocating a bill that's basically saying if China or an adver- adversary sends money to a university, it's got to be fully disclosed. It cannot be anonymous like it was with the Biden Penn Center. All right. So this is about legislation that's being debated. First of all, to my colleague on the left, he said he understood the intent of this legislation. Well, this you are actually misunderstanding or misrepresenting the intent. This is not about students. This is about money coming from uh, nations that are a national security threat to us. This bill establishes a zero tolerance policy toward nations that pose a national security threat such as China and Iran. It requires full transparency if these adversarial nations contribute even a single dollar to any of our colleges or universities. During 2018 and 2019, Joe Biden's Penn Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania received more than a half a million dollars from a group with ties to the Communist Party of China. The House Oversight Committee also discovered that the University of Pennsylvania paid Joe Biden $900,000 during this very same period. A new report yesterday by Barry Weiss also highlights that at least 200 American colleges and universities withheld information on $13 billion from foreign regimes, with much of that coming from the Middle East. Pro-Hamas groups have gained a foothold in our colleges, very sadly. And the colleges and universities raking in money from the Middle East appear to be ignoring Title VI while they allow Jewish students to be threatened and harassed on campus. H.R. 5933 holds taxpayer-funded colleges and universities accountable. It requires public disclosure of foreign gifts to individual staff and reveals foreign investments and endowments. We must protect students, universities, and our American values by eliminating foreign influence on college campuses. Again, I want to thank Congresswoman Steele and Chairwoman Fox, and I yield back. All right, so there it is, man. That's uh, interesting. I think she said HR 36. I'm not sure, but um, I I missed that number. But uh, you can play it back on the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on the Apple Podcast. You can find us in any podcast system just by searching in Scott Adams Show. You could also do like something like Alexa, play the Scott Adams Show podcast or play Scott Adams Show and it should come up and you can listen to um, podcasts that way. You could also go to scottadamshow.com and uh, that's another way to uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and some other places. And it would be a good thing to describe, uh, subscribe. A lot of people go for walks, and what they'll do is they'll download um, the show so that if they're in a place where, you know, cellular, cellular is sketchy, they download a series of the shows. You can do that on any one of those platforms and just play them in their car or anywhere that they want. And at 
any time that they want. So that's just one way to listen to the Scott Adams show. There are plenty of ways. Um, TalkStreamLive.com has us um, listed all over the place. So this was a really good meme. Uh, this uh, Anthony Antonin Scalia was my favorite justice of all time. Clarence Thomas is my favorite justice now. Um, the Constitution is not a living organism. It's a legal document, and it says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. <laughs> That's Antonin Scalia. Yeah, it's a contract. It's a legal document. And it should not be a living document. It should not be uh, able to change over time. So this person says, we are officially the first state in the nation to defeat a voucher program that is MAGA, a MAGA favorite. So this Jackson Potter guy, right? Advocating for uh, minority students. So Amuse writes, Democrats are fighting to keep poor black and brown kids out of the nation's best schools while claiming they're doing it for the good of the students. Worse, most of them send their own kids to the private schools. The vouchers would open the door, open up to the, oh, the door open to the poor. But what he says here that's kind of telling this liberal, we are officially the first state in the nation to defeat a voucher program. Like, that's a good thing. It's, it's a bad thing to, to defeat a voucher program. Time to teach truth, teach truth, hashtag teach truth to all students. What's the truth? That's like saying, what, who's right and who's wrong? What's the truth? All right, so you've waited long enough and I've waited long enough. I'm going to get to the point um, where we're going to be talking about this systematic government-sponsored disinformation. And it says here, Joshua Phillips from uh, Epoch Times says, information on the 2020 elections was censored by CISA, was censored by the Election Integrity Partnership at the behest of CISA. Its main targets were conservatives. This represents not just direct evidence of government censorship, but also manipulation of elections. Let's take a listen. CISA was carrying out a mass censorship campaign in the United States. Its main targets, interestingly, were conservatives. And this represents not just direct evidence of government censorship in violations of the First Amendment, but also the government's manipulation of every U.S. election since 2016. Representative Jim Jordan of the House Judiciary Committee, the chairman, he gave a brief overview on X about the new findings, and he detailed hundreds of secret reports that show Department of Homeland Security, CIA, and the State Department working with Stanford University to censor Americans. Now, a big focus of this campaign was to impact the 2020 elections. The big bombshell here, really in my opinion, is that the Election Integrity Partnership, or EIP, he says, was created at the request of CISA. The new evidence means that the federal government was involved in creating an organization which then recruited private organizations to do its bidding. Now, the campaign mostly targeted conservatives, as I noted. And among the people who were being silenced, it included President Donald Trump, 
as well as many news outlets and top influencers. This could represent a direct attack on the freedom of the press. Now, I'd personally argue this represents a direct attack on the foundations of the American system of government. Yeah, that's true. And CISA's, uh, the acronym for CISA is CISA, the acronym for Election Integrity uh, Partnership is EIP, and uh, and then here's here's something that's a little bit, now this is 20 minutes, I'm not going to play the whole thing, I'm going to play the first part, but this is by a guy named Mike Benz, and he put this out, let's take a listen. Okay, today we are speed reacting to this new Twitter files drop from Matt Taibbi. Let's go. Twitter files. Well, well overnight, Matt, Matt Taibbi, who did the Twitter release file, Twitter files release, came out with some new data just in the last 12 hours. So let's take a look. Extra Big Brother is flagging you. New House report and previously unpublished Twitter files show Stanford's election integrity partnership was a front for government censorship. 100. And by the way, this is exactly what Jim Jordan has been working on, the Stanford connection. But you're going to hear some stuff here that's going to open your eyes to some things. Take a listen. No, no, no commentary there. On Monday, Jim Jordan's weaponization of government subcommittee released a damning report on the weaponization of disinformation. Packed with subpoena documents, it focused on Stanford's Internet Election uh, Election Integrity Partnership. We keep saying Stanford's Election Integrity Partnership. That sort of places it in academia. You know, it was Stanford, UW, the University of Washington. That's basically the Bill Gates slash military Fort Lewis um, uh, University censorship lab. And then it was Graphica. Graphica got $7 million from the Pentagon. It grew out of the Minerva Initiative, which is the Pentagon's psychological operations warfare unit. So basically how to conduct mind war. That was the third partner with Stanford. The fourth one was the Atlantic Council, who has seven CIA directors on its board. Atlantic Council. It calls itself its NATO's think tank. Uh, Of course, it's not really a think tank. The emphasis is on tank. It is a clandestine operation consensus uh, mechanism and a civil society conduit for the political cloak and dagger actions that the NATO military alliance wants to pull off. That's why there's seven CIA directors with countless MI6 and Brussels spooks uh, littered all over it. And that's why it's funded by all four branches of the U.S. military, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines. That's why it's funded by the State Department. That's why it's funded by uh, CIA cutouts like the National Endowment for Democracy. And just to show you receipts, Atlantic Council funding, you'll see right here on screen, U.S. taxpayer funding of internet censorship via annual funding to the Atlantic Council, who, again, is part of EIP. Stanford is the front for it, so it looks like it's academic. But the Atlantic Council is the anchor, and all things run through the Atlantic Council there, okay? And it's the State Department, the Defense Department, the Energy Department, because it's involved in rigging the energy market. Uh, USAID, who is a basically conduit for CIA flows, as well as the National Endowment for Democracy, as I mentioned. Marines, Air Force, Navy... Um, you name it, every single one of those makes annual contributions to Stanford's internet, you know, election integrity partnership in the, in, insofar as the Atlantic Council is part of EIP. The report showed that EIP, when it flagged the 2020 election content, was a stand-in for DHS. Should note, the biggest thing it did, more than flagging content, was pressuring the platforms to change their terms of service. 
They are on video, and I've played the video too many times to count. I'm happy. I'll, maybe I'll put it after this um, just to make this last long. But they are on tape talking about how they got only through pressure and inducing crisis PR. They got all of the platforms, all of them, ahead of the, five months ahead of the election, to adopt a, a, a toss by a new toss violation called delegitimization. That was the trick that enabled all of your all skepticism about mail-in ballots, all allegations of ballot trafficking, of ballot harvesting, or vote tabulation issues on election day. They were all run through that delegitimization toss violation, which would not have happened unless EIP. You know, epic. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do the source report now. The guy talking here is Emerson Brooking from the Atlanta Council. Okay, this is Stanford. Uh, this is Stanford. This is Stanford. This is Stanford, Alex Stamos, the head of Stanford. The guy talking here is Emerson Brooking from the Atlanta Council in this EIP meeting. The EIP really helped push the envelope with things like uh, just the notion that this, pre, this delegitimization of electoral processes that we were seeing in the summer and early fall, that this should be against content moderation policies on these platforms. And then we began to take proactive steps there. So they were the ones who pushed the envelope to get the platforms to ban delegitimization. And they go over this in endless detail about how they would not have done it otherwise. We did get industry partners to push the envelope a little bit in the U.S. context. But how can a similar kind of pressure and responsiveness uh, be elicited from platforms when it's not uh, a U.S. election with huge regulatory stakes for these companies? So how can we get them to ban all other kinds of content when we don't have the threat of our basically Democrat and neocon allies? So, so you have these global partners, right? Okay, so that's, that is huge, folks. That is election interference from international outside of the country sources. This is collusion with foreign entities to rig elections. Oh, my God. And that's exactly what's going on over at Stanford and the University of Washington, funded by Bill Gates. And the Atlantic Council is funded by the State Department and can, in control of NATO. Can't you see all the connections? NATO, the Ukraine conflict, the money laundering through Ukraine, the Russian conflict, the censor, censorship and uh, disinformation about Russia. It goes on and on. I can play 15 more minutes of this, but I don't think that would be productive because I have other th people I want to hear from. But that one, Mike Benz, look him up. Check out the, my Twitter feed, twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show, or just search Scott Adams Show on Twitter and you'll find that whole clip eventually i think what i'm start going to start doing is doing a short form eight to ten minute youtube video where a lot of these uh things are going to be played out in the, the in their entirety as little supplements to the uh radio show so that's what i'm thinking about doing by the way that's my, that's the idea i i like the most so this guy Brett Weinstein speaks with Michael Schellenberger. Schellenberger was with T T B Matt Talibi on the release of 
information, but listen to what he has to say about misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. It was an invention of the Department of Defense. Mis, dis, and malinformation was actually an invention of the Department of Homeland Security that misinformation amounts to errors, disinformation amounts to lies, and malinformation, amazingly enough, amounts to things that are based in truth but cause you to distrust your government. In other words, the kinds of things that we have an absolute obligation to discuss, right? The fact that our government may be untrustworthy, if that's true, we should be discussing it. It can't be, and not only, uh, sorry, don't mean to rant at you, Michael, but not only did the Department of Homeland Security define mis, dis, and malinformation as things to be worried about and controlled, but they literally defined them as a form of terrorism. Yeah. Right? Misinformation, errors, a form of terrorism. Disinformation, lies, a form of terrorism. Does that make humor terrorist? And then malinformation, true things that cause you to distrust your government. That's terrorism? I thought it was our patriotic obligation to talk about these things. So here you have the federal government literally using a magic term, terrorism, to eliminate the rights of people engaged in speaking true things about the government that might cause people to be alarmed, right? That's an amazing fact of history. Yet very few people are even aware that it happened, right? It's like a, it's one of these things, like you can view it on the web. It's not that it was undocumented, but yet if you mention it to people, it sounds like a wild-eyed conspiracy theory. Yes. Right? The issue you point to about the possibility that they haven't controlled for a change in level of reporting is exactly analogous to an issue that I think you missed when you said, look, there's no evidence that terrorism is on the rise. Terrorism is absolutely on the rise. You know why? Because they've redefined it. Yes. Right? Exactly. They've redefined it. <laughs> Bingo. You hear that? The reason why terrorism is on the rise is they redefined it. And that's how they fudge the numbers with crimes. They don't arrest people because they want the crime rate to go lower, even though the crimes go up. Or uh, the, the, under the Obama regime, they used to count people that would come through the, uh, the border uh, and then be turned away routinely. That's done all the time legally. And they, turn, they, 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 they count that as thwarting illegal migrants. You know, it's the way they package the numbers. It, that in and of itself is disinformation. But to hear the Democrats talk about this, here's Obama talking about it. This is exactly what the Democrats do. We just had proof that the Democrats are doing it. Yet here's what Obama said back when he was president. And he was basically saying that the Trump MAGA people do this. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. <clears throat> Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, 
in the possibility of truth? The game's won. So think about that, though. You know, it's the Democrats. It's people like Cooper, right? Anderson Cooper, they're getting paid $12 million for Pfizer to carry Pfizer's water and give disinformation to the people. Have you take a jab that's going to kill you or poison you or not be great for you? Here's another one. This is a media outlet talking about Nancy Pelosi's wrap-up smear and then totally saying it's fiction because she was basically saying this is what the Republicans are doing. Well, the Republicans could never do a wrap-up smear because they don't have any control whatsoever with a media that hates them. The media carries water for the left because the left and the media are one and the same. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. The wrap-up smear. So they have that validation that the press reported. Some websites are sending around this video as proof the Democrats made up the assault allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. That is fiction. The video, while real, actually shows Pelosi last year accusing Republicans of using wrap-up smears. She was not saying that it's a go-to strategy for Democrats. So, you see that? That is what the media... That's exactly what they do. Now, I played this clip yesterday. Yesterday, I'm going to play it again today. Hillary Clinton on The View... But before I do, I want you to hear Klaus Schwab talk about elections. Samples and your company very much involved into it. But since the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode, which means um, uh, you, you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict. And afterwards, you can say, why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be. So technology. We know what the result will be. So this is the World Economic Forum basically pushing, you know, an a, a, uh, artificial world where uh, everything is unbiased and true. So why do you need elections when the truth is the truth? The only problem is the algorithm to the truth is from a liberal, left-wing, lunatic perspective. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's really the problem. So they're talking about this. Now, here's a gaslight. I wanted to play this again because I had some other analysis to what Hillary Clinton is doing here. First, let's take a listen. People would get legitimately elected, and then they would try to do away with elections and do away with opposition and do away with a free press. Isn't that what Biden is attempting to do? By rigging, you know, the elections completely? They get elected illegally and then they break every single rule, law, historical norm with regard to election integrity so that they never lose again. They flood the border with illegal uh, illegals so that they could generate ballots. They promote ballot harvesting so that the ballots are the key to the win rather than the ideas. Again, let's take a listen. 
legitimately elected, mm -hmm. and then they would try to do away with elections, and do away with opposition, and do away with a free press. And you could see it in countries where, well, Hitler was duly elected, That's right? right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, somebody with those tendencies, those dictatorial, authoritarian tendencies, would be like, oh, okay, we're going to shut this down, we're going to throw these people in jail. And, and they didn't usually telegraph that. Trump is telling us yeah. what he intends yeah. to right. do. When did Trump ever say anything about elections except for we want fair elections? I mean, she just made everything that she said up. She's gaslighting the left. The left somehow believes this stuff, just like a gay person is supporting Hamas ending Israel's uh, existence so that they could be slaughtered themselves for being gay by Hamas. It's so insane. You talk about Jonestown and Kool-Aid drinking and cults. That's what's going on on the left. This Trump derangement syndrome has gone to their brain. And we, we've we been dealing with this for a long time. This clip, I've played it once a long time ago. I'm going to play it again here today. And this clip is uh, about climate change and how climate, uh, how CO2 follows temperature, not the other way around. Temperature leads carbon emissions by the tune of 600 to 800 years. The modern warming of Greenland has been going on since 1850, long before human-generated CO2 was increasing. In general, there's a consistent warming pattern. The best available records of temperature and atmospheric CO2 over the past 650,000 years indicate that the Earth's temperature always rises first, followed by a rise in carbon dioxide. <laughs> Published papers clearly, clearly shows that it is always the temperature rises first by at least several hundred years to a few thousand years. And then the carbon dioxide curve responds and it follows. So it, it is a very clear scientific consensus on this issue. If you started to warm the surface ocean temperature, the ability for the ocean water to hold this carbon dioxide in the system is a lot less, meaning there will be more of this carbon dioxide effusing out. Scientists are also looking at the ice cap on Mars. It's been shrinking like the Earth's polar ice caps are shrinking. Mars isn't affected by CO2 we create to make iPods or grow more food, but it is affected by the sun's radiation. You clearly see drastic warming okay, and melting of the ice cap. Okay? There's no doubt there's something natural occurring that has caused the ice cap to melt away on Mars, and that forces could not be uh, human emission of carbon dioxide. Scientists are also expressing concern about the distortion of the science. Those views are indeed promoted by political bodies, which is uh, the Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change, and there appears to be a corrupted process, in my opinion, of, of their bodies. There's a science document, which is really written by scientists for scientists. There's also a summary for policymakers, 
it's put together by policymakers, and in many cases they go back to the scientists and say, can you change the science document to match our summary? We want to beef this up. We want to make it look worse. That's not the way science is done. I think science and scientists are being misused in a lot of ways. So, you know, uh, that would make sense that they're making this up to control people. You know, it's pretty sad, really, when you think about it. There was this really great clip uh, that um, that I had. Oh, well, <laughs> this Troy Nell's clip was really, really good. Um, and so was this uh, Ben Shapiro clip. The Ben Shapiro clip's shorter than the Troy Nell's uh, clip. Uh, and we got a caller. We're going to go ahead and take the caller instead of deciding between clips. All right, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Morris Scott. We have 30 seconds uh, before the show ends. <laughs> yeah, that, that little uh, Hillary Clinton clip you, you played, uh, there's uh, uh, something's integral parts that she left out, like you have to have a complicit press, you'd have to have a complicit police force, Yeah, you'd have to have a complicit FBI, CIA, uh, you'd have to have a complicit governors and mayors. Um, so nothing that she said could have ever been possibly done by Trump. Absolutely. But it's being yeah. done now. Yeah, they're the ones in control of the everything in the world. They control... It's being done now. Yeah, and and she's the, the one whining and complaining. She's the victim. Well, she's <laughs> telegraphing exactly what they do. Yeah, exactly. They all do. They always Project. do. They have to tell us what they're going to do. Yeah. It's part of karma. Absolutely. All right. Well, no. thank Thanks, you. God. Thanks. Bye. Take care. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that. And um, I want to. Uh, I I am going to try to get this in. This was pretty good. Let's take a listen. And let me ask there you this: I'm going to ask you. 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 I'm just going to ask you the last question. The same question I asked her: Which part of Palestine is occupied? The entirety of Palestine. But there we go. I'm not Thank calling you once for again. the destruction of Jews. I appreciate. I appreciate you expressing your full genocidal intent what? for the Jewish people living between the rivers. Why is it genocidal to call for a state that is not? <laughs> she was on just there. It's a real short clip. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, also up on my Twitter feed, twitter.com slash Scott Adams show. Uh, there's a really great, uh, song, the government can like the candy man can, uh, you got to check it out by Tim Hawkins. Uh, he's a comic and a, obviously a pretty good singer too. It's a great jingle and uh, it's funny. All right. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can to keep the Scott Adams show commercial free. Also use red state over at mypillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>